0: Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Today we have uh, with us um, very special guest who works um, all over this planet, uh, but is coming to us from uh, Toronto and beautiful Ontario, Canada. Uh, Lisa Phelps, say hello.
0: Hello, everybody. Pleasure to be here.
1: So, yeah, it's wonderful to have you here. Um, let's talk a little bit about your background. How did you get into dentistry?
0: Well, uh, three decades ago, I decided through some emphasis from my father to become a dental hygienist. So I went to East Tennessee State University, graduated as a dental hygienist, and uh, began worked for 10 or 11 years in East Tennessee, and then moved back up north of the border uh, to Canada and um, transitioned into doing hygiene programs, consulting, and then uh, evolving into an entrepreneur and coach.
1: Yeah. So how, what made you uh, make that leap? What made you decide to make that leap from actually practicing working in practices to saying, Hey, I want to help other dentists uh, with what I've learned and what I know.
0: I think the big part was as much as I love dental hygiene, the part I liked about dental hygiene was the people part of it as opposed to the technical part of it. So I think a lot of external, a lot of external influence from people um, encouraging me uh, encouraging me to look at a career in duplicating some programs that I had implemented in a very large dental practice. And um, then being the right 80% of life is timing, the right place at the right time, I had a form, someone formally approach me and asked me to implement perio programs uh, across Canada. And so I slowly transitioned out of hygiene and got through the shock of going home and letting the fa- my family know that I'm going from a steady four day a week, 30 hours of a very well compensated position to eat what you kill entrepreneur. And it was, uh, it was, it, I guess I, people would call me a bit of a risk taker, but sure. I, I take calculated chances and it was something that really, when I started getting into it matched my strengths, my passion, and I'm still, here still 28, 27 years later, uh, helping all kinds of different dental practices.
1: That's awesome. So fast forward, here we are, right? 2021. (laughs) Um, It's right now we're recording this, probably won't air for another month or so. It's almost June 1st, It's the 28th of May. Um, And you are the Chief Visionary Officer at the Transitions Group. Yes. Um, so you talk to dentists all the time, you talk to office managers all the time, you talk to hygienists all the time. Tell me what are you what is going on in practices? What are you hearing and what what types of problems are you helping dentists solve right now?
0: Well, I mean, it's an interesting time to ask this question because we've all been through a lot with the pandemic and COVID and the big wake up call to is dentistry really considered an essential service? And should we stay open? Should we shut down? Where do we fit into overall health? So, you know, a lot of people are talking about the pandemic and the downside of it. I think this is one of the most glorious opportunities dentistry's ever had because we are now appreciated and revered as a part of healthcare like never before meaning the oral health is the gateway to the overall body and and not in relationship necessarily to COVID. I'm talking about overall health. And here in Canada, when dentistry shut down for three, four months, patients were in dire, dire issue, there's dire issues. And I think, I think the, the, the general patient missed dentistry more than they, we ever thought that they would. So I think the timing, the timing's a lot, you know, the top 10 things that have kept North American dentist up at night actually hasn't really changed that much. Um, Probably which is why we're still here, helping build and grow dental practices and help dentists. But I think a big part of the challenge is now, Um, The biggest things we hear now that we're sort of coming out of this. Now, remember, I live in a place where we basically locked our house for 15 months. I mean, it comes and goes a little bit. While I watch all my American friends have parties and get to hug, (laughs) (laughs) we're still quite isolated. But I think dentistry overall, um, you know, looking at the pandemic and saying, what can we take the best of? Change the rest. Dentistry was forced to change in an alarming pace without it being part of their choice or control and i'm a change agent by nature our whole company is about how do you have a better future than your past and to do that you have to change something right. so it was interesting to watch but i think now that now that dentistry has kind of gotten used to all these changes there's a lot that they had to do to deal with treating patients with to deal with continuing to operate in a pandemic i think now what i hear is the biggest thing and i just had a long a morning call with all my coaches is um human resources culture and team morale um you know it's been labeled covid fatigue or people are just really exhausted with what they've been through but i think you know dentists, d- dental practices that had their foot on the gas before the pandemic happened they've come out and rebuilt and our The clients in our family are exceeding pre-COVID production. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, now that the up's over with, there was ketchup that was there. You know, sure. I often say, is this lost production in dentistry or is it delayed production? So I think it's a little of both okay but yep. the people dentistry is a human capital business and 80% of everything we do is the ability to meet human needs emotionally through the health of our auxiliary and our teams mm-hmm. and the leadership culture in combination with the patient uh, the patient relationship so i think that's we we've been hearing that a lot there's lead leaders are going leaders are needing to kind of Get creative, step up. There hasn't been able to be team meetings. Teams haven't been able to do their regular morning huddle, which is one of the most critical systems in the dental practice because of different social distancing and things happening. So I think you put the people first in dentistry. The great thing is the money comes. So I think if we reinvest back in the team because the team is the then the one that needs to keep their energy high for the patient experience. And there's been. You know, so many patients that have fallen out of care through this pandemic that need to be reattached to the practice and scheduled. And to do that, they have a lot of choice now. They have a lot of choice and they become a lot more savvy. Into infection control, which dentistry was always good at. I always I said when this started, if I was going to have surgery, I'd have it in a dental operatory uh, mm-hmm. as one of the most sterile places on earth. Dentistry has done a good job with that. Sure. What, what COVID did is is took probably the people under the radar not seeing value in that and made them comply. They had no choice. Right. But I think patients now, now it's so it's the first thing is the team, the morale, and getting back engaged in this is not going to be talking about COVID forever. Right. Right. Um, we treat everyone like they have COVID. So it's how do we keep the work? How do we re-energize the workplace, reignite it? And that comes from the leader. It also comes from the management model. Because the right. second thing we're, we're hearing a lot of is um, like practices have office managers, but The distinction between is that a title or is that an actual skilled role they've had training in? Because all these changes took some significant management leadership and management for the larger practices to coordinate everything. So sure. we're doing a lot of work right now with some with some virtual office manager training and a lot of office managers realizing I think there's there's skills that I need and how to influence better, how to be more assertive and how to actually be a true manager. Yep. Right a manager yeah, a manager isn't someone who sits in the reception area and talks to patients all day and does scheduling. A manager needs to come up. I call the manager, you know, the peanut butter in the sandwich between the owner and the patient. Acceptance. Yeah. And how is that working? I think the sure. third the third the third biggest challenge because I'm queen of threes, uh the third biggest challenge is um how do we work on our telephone techniques, our communication to our patients for their confidence and reiterating our safety and how the dental practice is something that's critical to them continuing with uh, regardless of what's going on in their life. So patient retention is the lifeblood of a dental practice. 80% of every dentist's schedule in four to six weeks comes from patients of record through hygiene exams in previously diagnosed dentistry and newly diagnosed dentistry so you know when dentists say wow this pandemic i don't have to go check hygiene i go hold on (laughs) i know none of you like hygiene exams because they interrupt your your procedures but we've got to find a way for our diagnostic opportunities to remain the same
1: sure you know, at least I want to ask you about We talked about, you talked about three things here. And, and the last one that you mentioned was uh, the phone. How do we communicate? How do we talk with our patients? I want to jump in and I want to dive into this a little bit more and more. Sure. You know, um, as you know, we run a really fast uh, show here. Um, give me a couple of things that, you know, and, and let me actually back up a little bit. I think we, I think we overlook some of the simple things of uh, getting, getting some of the simple things right on the phone. What do you think are a couple, two, three things that practice can do on the phone right now today that'll make a significant impact in their practice?
0: Well, I I mean, one thing, as simple or as remedial as this sounds, is the toughest thing about a telephone is you only have your 10% words and your 30% tone of voice. You've Mm -hmm. lost all the physical, the body language, and that's 60% of the connection in a relationship. So I... You know, putting a mirror beside your telephone, it's been taught in customer service forever. This is not a new concept, but it's very, you know, when, when administrators say to me, like, I'm a broken record. I'm explaining what we've done to close the rooms and fallow time like a thousand times. I go, and you're going to keep doing it a thousand more. And the challenge is how do you keep your tone of voice, your, your words simple. Sure, and, and your tone of voice at a high level of energy, because that can be contagious, and one yeah. of the ways to do that is it's impossible to be miserable in your tone of voice if you're looking at your face smiling with a positive facial expression
1: sure.
0: yeah I mean as like I said, sometimes we just go back to the basics because That's the burn it. the burnout and the repetitiveness of saying it over and over it can suck energy, sure. Uh, Another another really another really important thing is every human being wants to know that you know them and that you at least know their name. And it's amazing when we do call recording or we work with a company that does call tracking where uh, how why new patients don't show up is because of the first six minutes in the new patient telephone call, if they even do that. yeah. And I think a big part of it is never treat a stranger, no matter what level you're speaking to them and always treat the person, get to know the human first before you start talking about your schedule, your protocols, your policies, and please don't cancel last minute because it causes me stress, right? right. So there's some verbal skills and some scripting, absolutely, but words, yeah. are, words are a small part of this if we keep it simple to them. it's really It's really keeping the energy high and how to not lose our momentum with we do say the same thing over and over.
1: Yep. Yeah. I've never, you know, I, I talking about, you know, no shows, um, huh. really, um what I think when I, when that happens, what I think is that we talked a lot out of the appointment, they called, they intended on making an appointment, they intended on showing up, they intended on paying and we told them not to somewhere. We said,
0: Hey, please don't do that. Do something else. And that's what they did. So what do you think? You're right. We use the dreaded reply. Okay. And it's not okay. When someone says I'm calling to, with, with, sorry, when they don't show with disrespect, blatant disrespect for our time, that's a bit of a different issue. But a big thing is when they're calling to change their reserve time, it's not okay. Yeah. And a lot of patients now are using due to COVID as an excuse to cancel. And that's tough for administrators to to get through. Because, you know, there's a lot of stages that we've been through of fear, you know, how do we, deal with things, but I think it's not OK to cancel and, you know, basically not saying if you just erased OK and came back with uh, using your power of silence for them to let you know what the real reason is, not interrupting them, but also to say, how can I support you in honoring your your visit today that was scheduled um, because we're committed to your oral health? You know, there's lots of different things you can do, but not saying OK when says I'm, someone's calling to cancel you and you say, OK. It's not okay it gives them a false sense of let's just keep doing this that which that which is rewarded is repeated in human nature right
1: good point give us one more one more phone tip
0: Um, another phone tip is um making sure that you don't let patients remember we've got a new realm of emailing and texting so you know, the days of telephone harassment, dial a number, trying to confirm 80 people for a week, right? That, that That's changed a lot. But I think the key is getting the verbal connection with speaking is not as common as it used to be. Right. And when you get that opportunity is take that opportunity to truly build some rapport so that the patient feels that you care about them. And, you know, we can talk about how to answer the phone and all those different things. But the reality is to humans are craving human contact in some way right now. Maximize that, take advantage of it. You know, like even my medical doctor who used to do three minute physicals did a two and a half hour and I was laughing and she goes, it's just so nice to have a human. I went, wow, if you did two physicals a day, we'd probably all be much better serviced, (laughs) right? Right. But but I think maximize it because it's what humans are missing right now. Yep, is the yep. interaction, especially verbally. So when they call, look at that as a gift because it's yep. a lot easier to activate than it is on sending them a word message through texting or email.
1: It's great advice. Lisa, oh. I want to thank you very much for coming here. Um, I want to encourage our audience to check out your website, tgnapracticemanagement.com. Uh, great, a lot, a ton of information on there. Learn more about Lisa and uh, feel free certainly to, to reach out to, to Lisa and her team um, anytime. Lisa, Grateful to have you here. Thanks so much. Wonderful information.
0: Thank you, and I also will mention we do have Tuesdays with Transitions for that people to to sign up for that has an article library of hundreds of tips and solutions. So someone that might not want to necessarily talk, love to talk to any talk to thousands of dentists every month, but um, but there are other resources there. And as leaders, there you don't have, you want don't want to create things yourself. That takes a lot of energy. There's lots of things there for management, leadership, and tips of how to how to make dentistry a great place to be because there's nowhere to go but up
1: yep awesome thank you so much lisa we appreciate it
0: thank you for your time thank you for joining us on today's episode did you know you can weigh in on
1: today's topic on facebook search the dental brief on facebook or visit our website
0: dentalbrief.com and just follow the link we look forward to having you join us again on another episode of the dental brief